Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good afternoon, Stevens Creek. Yeah. This is week five, the final week of our All In series, and God has been doing some amazing things through this series. And I'm so glad you guys are here this afternoon. For those of you who are watching in our video venue and those watching online, welcome. Can we give it up for those who are watching in their various locations? So glad you are with us. Um, God has been doing some incredible, incredible things. Uh, We've had over 200 of you decide to go all in by taking your next step. 86 of you deciding to join the church. So just excited about what God is doing here. A few really cool stories, two in particular that stood out to me. One, um, there was a grandson who came up to me and said, uh, after you preached about uh, Marvel, my grandfather said he didn't know what that was and they've been going through the Marvel movie series since then and it's been a great bonding time for them. And then uh, last week Sunday, right before the 9 a.m. service, somebody came to me, I was leaving out my office and they said, Pastor Mo, I know you talked last week about you not being the same when you're hungry, so before I came to church, I stopped and got you a king-size snicker so you'll be good for both services after. And so... Y'all are just such a thoughtful people. Thank you. Thank you so much for all you do. Uh, But this week we are concluding with talking about being all in on our future. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Genesis uh, chapter 11, verse 1. Genesis chapter 11, starting at the first verse. And it reads, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. Least we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing they propose to do will now be impossible for them. I want to talk to you for a few moments about being all in on our future. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for what you have said already and done in worship. And I pray that you would give us ears to hear your message today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I am, I grew up in a very conservative home. My parents uh, were pastors and my grandfather is a pastor. And so my parents used me as their guinea pig of what they would allow and wouldn't allow. I'm the oldest. And there was one thing I'm still bitter about. Like, uh, for example, my, I wasn't allowed to go to my eighth grade dance, but my brother and sister, they were allowed to go to their eighth grade dance. And there are many occasions where uh, they just use me as the example to figure out where they stood on a situation. And then my brother and sister got to reap the benefits of their experiment. 
But so I, I, I remember even growing up thinking, man, I can't wait until I'm grown. I can't wait until I, I can do what I want to do. And I remember May 30th of 2006, I turned 18 years old. I was so excited. I, at 12.01 on May 30th, 2006, I ran down to my parents' room and says, ah, nah, nah, I'm 18. You can't tell me what to do. I learned real quickly if I'm living in their house, they can do a lot of telling me what to do. Yeah. But so uh, a few months later, I, did, um, I got accepted to Lee University and I moved to Cleveland and I, my parents moved me there and my mother is real old school. She's coming to visit in November. I can't wait for y'all to meet her. But uh, before I could even go into my dorm room, she got some olive oil and began to pray over my room. She was like, I don't know who lived in here before you, but I'm going to make sure it's okay. And so they stayed, they came Wednesday, and they were leaving Friday. They left Friday afternoon, and like the good preacher's kid that I was, when they left, I began to look up the nearest Bible study that I could join. I'm lying, I'm sorry. As soon as they left, I started Googling, where is the first party that I can go to? I'm finally free. And so I ended up going with a few of my friends to a party in Chattanooga. I made sure I left Cleveland because they still had some friends there who may have told on me. So I got away from uh, Cleveland, went to Chattanooga, and we went to this party, and uh, it was my first party ever, and um, one of my last, and I went to this party, and everything was going fine. I felt out of place normally because it was my first time, but in the midst of it, there was these guys who came in. They were part of a fraternity called the Kappas, and they wore cream and red, and they were doing this little dance thing, and I had never seen it before, and they were walking through, and they were doing a little shimmy and a shuffle, similar to the the yurt dance that our students been doing, and they were having a good time, And it was going great, but after my friend interrupted their line, he bumped a few of them and broke their line, and all I saw was one of the guys begin to swing, and I got so nervous, I grabbed my friend, and we ran out, and I called my mama, I said, Mama, I'm sorry, I never should have went there, I'm looking for a prayer meeting right now, everything is going to be good again. You see, I found out later, the issue was... That these gentlemen, they called themselves Kappas, they, they took any break of their unity as a threat to their future. They saw unity as an essential element of who they were and what they were trying to accomplish. And can I tell you, if we're going to be all in on our future, we've got to be united as a church. We've got to come together like we've never come together before. It's unity, something unique and special about unity because the reality is that God can do exponentially more with a united church. That he can do, God's church can accomplish rather exponentially more when we are united. That when we come together, when we put aside our differences, when we see that that what God is trying to do is greater than what we're trying to do in our own power, in our own strength. God can do amazing things. He can do incredible things. And I want you to hear me. Unity is not uniformity. We 
are not all called to be the same. We are not all called to do the exact same thing. We, uh, we're not all called to be Eric. We're not all called to be Sarah. But here's what I do know. I mean, there's no Todd like our Todd. Let's be honest. Our Todd is an awesome Todd. Right? But your uniqueness is an essential element A necessary piece of our mosaic. What makes up Stevens Creek, what makes up our unique body, you're an essential part of that. Let me say it a different way. What causes you to stand out is the very thing that causes you to fit in. What makes you different is what makes you essential to our group. And because of that, We see that unity does not mean we have to be Stepford wives and all do the same thing and all say the same thing. But it means that where I'm coming from, my perspective and all of our perspectives create this unique thing that God is doing here in the city of Augusta. And we are privileged to be a part of that. We get the opportunity to share in that. You see, God thinks so highly of unity because... Unity is literally the essence of God. Unity is part of who God is. Unity is an expression of who God is. A perfect example of this is found in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. If you've been in church before, you may have heard this word called the Trinity it is not located in the Bible, but it's a word we use to express or to articulate who God is, that he is three in one, that they are three unique personalities, but God is one. And here's a prime example of what this looks like. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says, after, Jesus, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Notice what's happening. Jesus is in the water. The Holy Spirit is descending and the father is speaking. They have different roles, different assignments, but they are working in tandem to accomplish the same dream and the same goal. Our scriptural text today, if I'm honest, is not really trying to tell us about uh, unity initially. The primary function of this text, this, mo- this afternoon rather, is to tell us about how humanity habitually moves away from what God wants us to do. The flood happens and God gives them a command to go and multiply in the earth, to spread out, to enlarge, to go to, to different places. And their first chance they get, they decide to do the very opposite of what God asked them to do. In reality, sometimes we do the same thing. Sometimes we allow disagreements to cause us to break fellowship or break unity. But like uh, Aubrey Graham, better known as Drake, says, in every loss there is a lesson and in this particular scripture, we get five points of why, how the power of unity can change our lives. And if we are going to be all in on our future, we've got to understand the power of unity. Here's the first thing, is that unity sparks new ideas. 
that when we become united, it sparks something new. It sparks something different. It allows creative ideas to come. I, I, I love what is happening in the text because they are moving around and they are going towards uh, a new place and everywhere else in the world they had been building with stones but when they get to this place they decide to now do something different you see when individuals get together and they begin to be in unity it sparks new creative ideas many of you have heard of apple and you've heard of steve jobs but know that steve jobs was not in his garage by himself that he had a partner who was uh, challenging him. And as they were going together, they were able to spark new ideas. And here's the reality. Our future requires us to think new thoughts. Our future requires us to think things, think new thoughts, to think differently. It's the same goal that we are trying to accomplish, but sometimes it takes different methods. And I wonder how many of you are sitting on ideas that need to be sharpened in the tool shop of unity? How many of you are sitting on things that needs to be sharpened by getting together and being unified with somebody else who can help you refine that idea so you can bless those around you? Here's the second thing. Not only does unity spark new ideas, but unity produces productivity, promotes rather productivity. When people get united, people get productive. I saw this happen in my own life this week. When I got up and started doing dishes, my wife started uh, doing something in our room, doing laundry, and my son, I mean... He was trying to sweep, but he was making more of a mess than actually cleaning. But the thought was there. The reality is, when people get united behind an idea and a vision, they become productive. The folks in this text, although they had the wrong motives and the wrong ideas, and uh, it wasn't from a good place, when they got united, new ideas sparked, and that new idea prompted them to now become productive. We see this happen in scripture. Nehemiah 4 and 6 shows us an example of this. Nehemiah comes um, to the Israelites and tells them, I know this wall has been broken down for a while. This wall of Jerusalem had been torn down, but I believe we can build it again. And this is what it says. So we built the wall and all the wall was joined together to half its height for the people had a mind to work. It's something about when we get united that prompts people to be productive and prompts people to get united in what God is trying to do and allows them to join in instead of spectating. But not only does unity spark new ideas and prompt us to be productive, unity clarifies the mission And reveals the purpose behind it. It clarifies the reason that you're doing it. The mission, your what. And reveals your why. Look at what happens. They're they're productive in the text. I think it's verse 3 or 4. And then they say, let us build a tower. 
Let us build a tower higher than you can ever imagine. And let us allow it to cause us to settle here. They found out their reason for doing what they were doing. And most of us, we have that same situation. You see, as we begin to get united, it clarifies why we're doing what we're doing. It clarifies our reasoning. And here at the church, our mission is to help people take their next step towards God. And we're loving anybody from anywhere that we're doing whatever we can to help people take their next step towards God. Whether you've been far from God or whether you have been walking with God for many, many years, we all have a next step to take. And our mission is to help you get there. And our reason why, our purpose is to reach the harvest that God has for us as a church and for us as individuals. You see, God has a harvest for Stevens Creek Church, but he also has a harvest for you as an individual. He has a harvest for your family. He has a harvest for those of you who are working. Whatever you are doing, God has a harvest for you. He has an assignment for you. He has a role for you to play. I remember my father used to tell me that all of us have a role and assignment in this family. And when we are all doing our job, we will be successful. He said, son, your job is to go to school and get good grades. And my job is to go to work. But when we all do our part, we will accomplish the mission and the vision that we have as a family. And many of us have to begin to look and say, all right, I'm, I've sparked new ideas, but maybe I haven't taken that next step. And I love what this text is showing us because sometimes you don't have clarity until there is action. And some of us are waiting on clarity before we begin to move But scripture says it like this, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes you don't know all of what God is doing before you get started. But as you begin to move, God will begin to reveal. And if you will begin to take steps of faith, if you will begin to move into action, God will reveal and bring clarity to the mission and the vision and the purpose that he has for your life. For somebody today, your word is to stop waiting and get to work. Get started and let the Lord clarify the mission and the vision. Here's the fourth thing, and I think this is powerful, is that unity attracts the attention of God. I I, I love what is happening here because when people get unified, God shows up. When people are united, God shows up. That's the next. God shows up when people are unified. When we come together, when we decide to put aside other agendas and other assignments, when we, we see that God has one aim, one mission, one goal is to reach each and every person with the love of Jesus, God shows up. We see examples of this all throughout scripture. In the book of Joshua, as they were trying to go into the promised land, They encounter the walls of Jericho. But when they begin to shout in unity, 
God's presence shows up and a miracle happens. The walls come down. In the book of Kings, there was a man named Jehoshaphat. And he was surrounded by enemies with no other options. But he hears the word of the Lord that says, begin to praise me. And the people begin to worship in unity, they begin to sing songs, they begin to lift up the name of the Lord, and while they are praising, God defeats their enemies. Some of you need to raise a hallelujah and let God fight your battles. In the book of Acts, we hear a story of the apostle Peter who is put into prison. He is locked up and he is sentenced to die. But the church says, we're going to pray about this. And they gather in a home and they begin to call on the name of the Lord. And while they are lifting up their prayers to God, God sends an angel to let Peter out of jail. And while they are praying, Peter is knocking on the door. Can I tell you, if you would gather your family in unity while you are praying, God will send the answer knocking on your door. But the greatest example... That we see in scripture of God showing up in unity is found in Acts chapter 2. Scripture tells us that they were in one place, in one room, and they were all on one accord. They were united. And it's in that moment of unity, prayer and praise, and seeking God with one mind and one mission, it's in that moment that scripture tells us that there was a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind that entered the place and the spirit of the Lord filled that place. And in one day they went from 120 people to 3,000 that God multiplied them overnight. And can I tell you that God wants to show up in your life. If we would get united, if we would get together God will show up. And this is the reason why the enemy is fighting the unity on your job. He's fighting the unity in your family. He's fighting the unity in your marriage. Because if I can keep them separated, if I can keep them divided, then they won't see what God is trying to do. But I love the last and final lesson from this text. Is that Unity makes the dream possible. Look at what the Lord says in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 6. It says they're one language. And this is only the beginning. Y'all, these people had negative motives and bad ideas. And this is what the Lord says about them. Because they are united... This is only the beginning. That nothing they intend to do will be impossible for them. Just imagine what the Lord will say if you get united with the right motives. He's saying to you today, this is only the beginning. 
I know you've experienced my presence and my power before, but this is only the beginning. I know you've seen me work in your life before, but this is only the beginning. I know you've seen me work a miracle before, but this is only the beginning. If I could say it in my language, you have seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. There is more in store for you. God want to work miracles in your life. He wants to perform purpose in your life. The dream that he's planted on the inside of you is not for you to do it alone. He is sending people to unite with you to help you accomplish it. Scripture says where two or three are gathered, there he is and whatever we ask for, it shall be done. Right after the nine o'clock service, It was a young lady who came up to me and said, Pastor Mo, I have to tell you this. Because what you talked about today happened in my life this week. I've been praying by myself, telling the Lord that I need a car. I don't have transportation. And I called the church and Pastor Dorna picked up and she began to pray with me. And they prayed with me. And before the end of this week, Somebody called me and said, I have a free car to give you. Can I tell you when we get united, the dreams and the needs that we have, God will accomplish them. He will perform them. But this idea of unity is not just for us as individuals. You see, God has a corporate word over Stevens Creek. That there is a word over our house for each of us and collectively. And I want you to watch this video of what the Lord said to our pastor. Tuesday morning, a guy we'd never met before. His name is Dr. Rob Thompson. He pastors a church in Chicago, probably um, around 70 years old. He'd never met him before. And he came up to me and he looked at me and said, God has a second harvest for you. And that second harvest will be bigger than the first harvest. The name of Stevens Creek Church when we first planted this church was called Church of the Harvest. And I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting. Okay, on Friday, after lunch, we were walking out the door and Pastor Stan Lester uh, from Dalton grabbed me and said, Marty, he said, I just want to tell you something. The Lord has another harvest for you. And the second harvest will be bigger than the first harvest. Friday night... Sammy Rodriguez was preaching. Sammy Rodriguez, many of you probably saw him at President Trump's inauguration. He is the one that has prayed over him. He worked for uh, President Obama. He also worked for uh, President Bush. He is up there preaching, and he stopped, and he said, I've got a word for a pastor here. And the Lord would say to you that there's another harvest coming, and the second harvest will be bigger than the first harvest. When he said that, I looked over to Patty. I said, that sounds familiar. Those were my words. I said, that sounds familiar. Didn't we hear that uh, at Lakewood? And then JT said, Marty, you heard that at lunch today. So three times in five days, there's a second harvest coming. And the second harvest will be larger than the first harvest. What the Lord intends to do in our church 
is bigger than what we've seen before. We sang this song earlier that he will do it again. You see, lives have been touched and changed at this church, but God is about to do it again. People have been saved at this church, but God is about to do it again. We have seen an expansion in our resources and uh, our numbers, but God is about to do it again. We've seen our influence be expanded But God is about to do it again. There is a second harvest coming and the second one will be larger than the first one. This is what the book of Isaiah says. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 2 and 3. He says to enlarge your tents. To break out on the left and to the right. Here's the reason. Because quickly you are going to be bursting at the seams. And I tell you, it's not just numerical, but God is going to release a second harvest on us spiritually. He's going to release a second harvest on our families, on our homes, on our jobs. There is going to be the favor of the Lord released on his people like never before. David understood this. He said this. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. But here's what we've got to do, y'all. We've got to get all in on our future. And here's the bottom line. When we are all in on our future, we get united behind the vision with our time, talent, and treasure. And so often, this is what happens in these moments. We hear these words and we say, yeah, that sounds good. But it never moves from our head to our hearts. It stays as information. But today, my prayer is that as you hear the word of the Lord, that he is about to do it again. That there is a new thing coming. That it's not just information, but it's revelation that the spirit of the Lord is moving in our midst. That he is here to heal, to deliver, to set free, to change lives. To perform his word. Let's go all in on our future for some of you. That next step to go all in on your future is just say yes to Jesus. And here's the reality. We're not perfect. But Jesus says we're worth it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the moment that you have spent with us. We have felt your presence already in our midst, God. Thank you for reminding us that you have a great future for us. Lord, for the person who does not know you, who's not in relationship with you, I pray today they will go all in on their future. That they will pray this simple prayer, Lord Jesus, save me, change me, make me into the person that you want me to be. Father, thank you for reminding us the power of unity. God, thank you for calling us to unity because you want to spark some new ideas in us, God. 
that you want to prompt us to be productive, that you want to clarify your mission and the, the purpose behind it, God. And Father, we are just so grateful that as we got, get unified, that your presence is going to reside here, God, that we are going to get a fresh touch and a fresh move of your spirit, God, that as we lift our hands, as we enter into worship, that you will be there, God. And when the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. When the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So we thank you for your presence, God. But God, now we look to the future knowing God that our dreams are possible because with God all things are possible so God we present it to you knowing that you're about to do it again God you're about to change lives again you're about to expand us again you're about to build again you're about to do a new thing and we will give you the glory honor and praise because it belongs to you and every believer with the power of agreement shout amen amen and amen thanks for listening If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.